Hello and welcome to All About Pigeons podcast. I'm Phil. We have Chris here on the line with us. What's up, Chris? Hey, hey. We are here. <laughs> so uh, we got a we have a um, person that had jumped on our Facebook page on the All About Pigeons podcast Facebook, and uh, he's talking about getting into the pigeon game and you know kind of being overwhelmed with all the different uh, stuff that you could buy. Uh, to get started or to get going or to become a professional or whatever there's a lot of stuff out there when it comes to getting into pigeons um i know uh you started off chris as getting as a pigeon as a pet right that was your first one right yeah i just got my first one as a pet um i was actually i went over to to give a guy a couple of chickens <laughs> okay and i was I was telling, I was telling, uh, telling my buddy about uh, how my wife was interested in getting one of these Budapest pigeons. They're the bug-eyed ones. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a unicorn. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, he ended up handing her a pigeon, a beautiful little pigeon. It turned out to be a classic old frill satinet, and uh, they got along great for like the first day until, until. Uh, I got home and, and I played with it a little bit and it became my pigeon. And then we were on the everlasting quest for that Budapest pigeon. Um, and then it just it was all downhill from there. Did um, <laughs> what was like all involved? I guess with when you first got set up, did, did you already have cage work and or did you kind of get like the dog crate thing and go with it that way? Or what were some of the initial things that you did when you first got going? Um. So when the guy gave it to me. He told me uh, that it was loose in his back porch. <laughs> oh. um, he didn't know much about it, uh, and he was feeding him uh, chicken feed, and uh, which turns out, I mean, it's okay. Uh, it was doing just fine on it, but um, yeah, I was feeding chicken feed. So I just started looking, and uh, I had talked to another gentleman about a uh, adopting a Budapest pigeon. And he kind of gave me a really good rundown on what I needed. But basically he said, I was going to keep an indoor bird. I needed a couple of square foot of cage. Um, four square foot is kind of nice. Um, wire floor is the most hygienic. And uh, so I went with it. And I mean, it's, it's been working pretty good uh, that way. But um, there's all different kinds of setups you can do. If you're just going to keep one bird, it's really easy just to have one cage. It's when you get multiples or different kinds of stuff. It just and it's gonna depend on what you I think it depends on what you wanna do with it. If you wanna race, uh, uh, you need to you need to vaccinate. Um, some clubs do vaccinate and as I understand it. Uh, it's mandatory for the races if you send them the one loft, they're vaccinated for uh what South Summit I think. Um, yeah, and that's where, you know, I mean, that's, like that. yeah, if you're jumping in for, for racing, um, you're definitely going to want to get some th something for an outside loft. I mean, even even homing pigeons, I mean, nothing really requires anything massive. And it, it goes back to how many, what number are you talking? You know, if you're talking about getting five birds, or right. 25 birds, you know, but. You um, one bird was really easy. One bird was really easy. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know, the thing about it is, everybody should know this if they plan on if they want to take their bird to the vet. You pay for every single bird the vet sees because technically he's supposed to he's supposed to make a treatment plan for each bird. Yeah,、um, that can get rather expensive if you get several.、Uh, and, you need to kind of have the basics to maintain them. You know. Yeah, and that's another thing too is <clears throat> I've noticed that too. Was it, I think Vita King they offer. Free magazines, and I was interested in some of their products, and they sent it to me. And oh, you know, hey, they got they got a pretty good deal on waters. And then I started looking at like, you know, the not even the medication, just like the supplements and all the,、uh, you know, the stuff you give to healthy birds. I guess is what you could say. And you know, like you say, you could really get carried away and just buy it all.、Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's you know, there's there's all kinds of like I've read articles and I've listened to other guys' podcasts or whatever, but. And talk to older breeders, and there kind of is like a line in the sand when it comes to how to how to medicate or whatever, or, or how to supplement. You know, a lot of guys will overly medicate, or I think it's this, and I've 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 been there. You know, like I had I had a disease come through my loft, and I was just throwing medicine at. Oh, I think it's this. I think it's this, and you know, some of the medicine I was throwing was garbage anyway. Wasn't even doing it. You know,、um, and you know, some guys. I said it was driving me nuts. You know, I had this thing going through my loft, and I'd go and check out these other guys' loft. And like I said before, you know, the droppings are two feet high, but you know they're dry. And these guys are saying that you know you don't want to just keep medicating your birds because you're going to weaken their immune system, and it's not always the best thing to just throw all this stuff at them.、Um, and I had a lot of success for years of just you know clean water, food, you know keeping the loft clean. And you know, not going crazy with it.、And、I've said in the loft, the episode that we did on loft designs, like my lofts aren't even properly built pigeon lofts. These are converted buildings that you know I've just turned into a pigeon loft. You know, I mean, there's definitely like the method of just you know keep it simple with these birds.、Um, and but you, they'll give you as much rope as you want when it comes to you know you want to buy this, you want to buy that. They'll sell it to you. You know, it's out there. I, I personally, I mean, if you've got just a few birds,、uh, well, I think it's something everybody should have. That's gonna have birds. You should have two cages,、um, whether it be two lofts or two, you know, of of a certain size or whatever. You need you need suitable housing for. Adding birds, or in case you do have an issue, it's also great to have an extra cage when you need to uh, um, clean the cages and stuff too. You know, because these things fly, and if you don't have them in the cage, you can't. But when you're just starting out, it's not like you can just turn them loose and they'll come back. Yeah, and I will、um, say too, you mentioned this earlier: the cages with the wire floor for the droppings to go through. Oh man, so much nicer. Like you're saying, it's more hygienic, but also just for the sake of the person having to clean it. Because I've had, I've had homemade cages that I've made in the past that were OSB that you're scraping it all off all the time. And、um, man, you get the kind with the wire floor where it just falls onto a tray. It's it's worth it if it costs a little bit more, or you have to wait a little bit longer to get something like that. That's definitely as long as the way to go. 
you know, as long as you can get that stuff dried out, you know, you don't want them laying in their poop, you don't want them walking in it, stuff right. like that. So if you got them in a smaller cage like that, wire floor is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Less maintenance. Um, if it ever starts to stink, you know you've got an issue because it right. doesn't stink. Yeah, if it's wet, it'll um, smell, that's not good. Right, you don't want anything wet. You gotta keep her dry. Paper's good, it helps. Um, you know, stuff like that, as long as you don't just leave it stuck to the bottom of the tray. Yeah. Um, but, I do, I yeah, do think uh, one thing too, and I wanna put this out there because when I first got started with pigeons, I had a heck of a time uh, just getting the basic loft training. Um, a lot of guys, you know, who've been racing pigeons or whatever, having pigeons forever, they never talk about that. They'll get into like really in-depth stuff about feed and widowhood and all these other things to bring the birds back. And uh, I mean, I ended up like <laughs> um, talking with this guy over in Sri Lanka, man. He helped me out a lot with like settling birds and like that initial trap chaining. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. When you're, whether you're just for enjoyment flying or racing or whatever, um, the method that I use, and this might not be the right way, but it's it works. I'll, I'll put my young birds in the fly box, the loft that I want to fly them from. I'll settle them in there for a few weeks. You know, the longer, the more settled. Um, you don't want to wait too long because then they'll, they'll have the ability to really take off and fly if they get too big. So, you know, when they're young, settle them in the loft that you want them to be in. I have an Avery on my loft that goes up onto the roof so they can go up on there, check out their surroundings, get comfortable. And then I'll spend one week in the morning, you know, I will pull them out, put them in a cage, and I'll push them through the trapdoor for a week. And at the, I've also been, also I should have said this too, when I feed, I, I whistle. I like to do the uh, Sandman song from Kill Bill, you know that one? That's that's that, that's what I'm doing for my, when I'm out there. But anyway, so I whistle, you know, that trains them. When they hear that whistle, it's time to eat. So you push them to the loft, you whistle, you feed them, and you do that for about a week. And uh, I, w I wish somebody would have told me that when I was first getting started because I was doing all kinds of goofy stuff. And um, that's what I've done with mine. And that does work as far as getting a, a kit trained to a loft. And then from there, you can open loft fly and just let them kind of fly around. And um, That's when you get different theories, right? Like, should I let the birds hang out on the ground? Should I flag them up and, you know, get them going and stuff? But that would at least get your birds knowing how to use the bobs, get through the trap door, and to come when you call for feed. Anything I'm missing on that, Chris? Anything you want to add to that? Uh, so my my loft, you see my loft now. Now we can, you've seen how it works. Um, so I don't have a, uh, a cage like that up top. I've just got a great big old fly cage hanging off a very modest loft. And um, it, so, I've been using a leader bird, and it's it's not at all flawless. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely it's, there's a big learning curve on that one. But yeah, I mean you can do it the way Phil's talking about uh, is, is a pretty good method, man. You can uh, I don't know I me um, I got lucky. You know I had that first one that flew really good, and I had a long time to work with him. So he got really, he's a trap master. Like he doesn't even, he don't monkey around. So if they follow him in, uh, I got it made. But if they don't, if he goes in before they notice him, 
Um, it takes me a minute. Yeah, I was gonna say it gets easier too, because once you get that initial team trained, you know, yeah. you can just slowly introduce your young birds, you know, give them time to settle. But when it comes to trap training, flying, whatever, they're gonna monkey see, monkey do. What the mother birds are doing, they're gonna pick that up. Well, don't be discouraged. Something I learned, um, I I was raising birds and I I had just a few homers and I, I they took up quite a little of my time and I got rollers and I was like, wow, I can fly these guys right away. Rollers are awesome, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and waiting on these homers, I was like, oh God, they're never gonna come. Well, it wasn't too long. I had a couple, and then I had a couple more, and then I cut a couple more, and I lost a few and stuff like that. I still have a half a dozen of my own um, now, since you know, since January or whatever. But um, what happened with me was I got uh, <clears throat> a guy in our club. He hooked me up with some nice birds, uh, a dozen of them. Two of them's a pair. They're uh, they're breeder birds, so I put them to the side. But there's ten of the other ones. And uh, they're they're older than my oldest young birds that I have. And I, if you're flying birds that were bred somewhere else, you need to go through a little more trouble and take a little more time with them than I did. Um, they, uh, I trap trained them by hand several times, and um, they. They learned to trap right away. They knew where the food was and all that. But what happened was when I turned them loose, they went exploring and they didn't want to come in. And uh, they knew when feed was there. So they would stay out overnight and come in in the morning when I fed. <laughs> they're smart, man. They're smart. <laughs> but they're dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had bright white birds sitting in my tree. They don't know they're white. You know, that's another good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But like, yeah, if um, if you're getting birds, yeah, know that if you get some old birds, that those are going to be breeders. Those don't fly. You're going to put those off to the side. If they've been flown somewhere else, then they're going to want to go back there, especially if they're homers. Now with rollers, rollers, you can get away with that if you settle them well. Um, I mean, I, I personally... If I'm coming up on new birds, I like to get squeakers because then I can fly them from here, I can train them from here, and then they get they get used to knowing me. And then once they get older, if I like what I see, then those ones will be the ones I breed. Um, so me personally, yeah, they gotta I would, be baby, I'd go baby. After, uh, yeah, I'd go after something younger myself. I mean, I just I like to have that you know see them from a young age come up, fly, be able to fly them, have them be used to me. You know, sometimes you go and buy someone's, you know got this 10 year old breeder bird man it might might kick out an egg this year you know you don't know what you're yeah. gonna get you might not be able to fly it and stuff so you get a bird that you know you can watch you can like see its traits you like that stuff then then you put it in your breeding program so i definitely think younger birds and and also like um when it comes to obtaining birds i mean uh, <laughs> so there's 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 craigslist i guess you know there's i i, I would say the best place would probably be to go, I mean, if you want to get crazy with it, would be to go to something like the Pageant of Pigeons or like, or something like that, you know, something a little bit smaller would be like uh, club shows, specialty breeds, stuff like that would be a good place to get birds. Like our club is doing like, we do two swapping cells a year, you know, you can get and buy birds from there. Um, I know that like the Velocity First Roller Club, they do an awesome launch show once a year and they auction off some really good 
Birmingham Rollerbirds. So if you can find a special... Are we special... copyrighted for that? <laughs> hey, man, we're helping them out because it's, it's true. You know, they, <laughs> you've been there. I've been there, dude. They do some good launch shows. They really put on a good one. Oh, um, dude, that's, that's a good time. I had a yeah. good time when I went there. And you can pick I up good some... quality birds. And, I mean, you got you got the champions, I think, right? Didn't you buy one of the winners? Yeah, but I didn't buy those. I went to arm wrestling with them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You got everybody there, didn't you? There, there a, yeah, there, yeah, there was a little... No, just one little kid. They told me if I could beat him, I could have those birds. <laughs> I really wanted those birds. Well, you got them. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's no crying in, in competition. Right. Well, that, that, yeah. Rollers, man, that's all about competition, so... <laughs> If you, got an arm, if you got an arm wrestle with a nine-year-old man, yeah, that's competition. Man. You got to look it up and go with it. <laughs> but that's that's what I would say. I mean, I, I would avoid, I'm not going to drop names or nothing, but like I would avoid some pet shops when it comes to buying, you know, and, and whether it is a pet shop or whether it is a club show, you know, definitely look at the bird. Don't just take someone's word on it like you know get in there and look and you know even if you're new to this and you don't really know what you're looking at like you'll be able to tell if if it's sneezing or coughing or walking all funny and looking goofy you know like that's not a good sign you want to you know a bird that when you look out the window and you see a bird you know it's alert it's moving around it's looking around you know a healthy bird so you know kind of do a little bit of homework on it but um you know just use a lot of common sense when it comes to getting it because especially if you're just starting off Whatever birds you get, especially if you're going to, you know, really get a good flock of birds, those breeding pairs or whatever, however you do it, that's going to be your foundation. All the birds that you get in the future are going to come from these. So if you get some really, really good birds, you could have a really, really nice flock down the road. If you kind of just save money and you know get some garbage, then you'll be dealing with that the whole time. I mean, for sure. Hey, um, so my recommendation anybody starting like like a little list a good a good cage loft situation you need hygienic waters you need waters that they can't crap in um, there's lots of solutions for that but you need any waters that they can't crap in and I like waters that have enough water to where they have to be changed once a day when I change my water I clean that thing um, that's a good habit. I don't like to, algae doesn't hurt anything, but feces and contamination does. Um, and you need a good hygienic feeder as well. Um, a dowel feeder is nice. Um, they can be very inexpensive to build if you, you know, if you ever play with popsicle sticks in elementary school, they're pretty easy to build. Uh, tongue depressors too. Um, and then you, uh, so you need, you don't necessarily need a dowel feeder. You can do it out of PVC pipe with a hole saw. There's all different kinds yeah. of ways, but you want to keep them from crapping in, in their food. Yeah, don't get a don't get a chicken water one. Those are the worst. No, yeah, you know you want to you want to make sure that they have no way to crap or put their dirty little birdie feet in their food or their water. Um, and then um, you know let them bathe every once in a while. You just use an open tray for that. Um, I like to put a little bit of borax in it, keep the feathers nice, keep the bugs down, stuff like that. You know, but I, if you focus more on hygiene and husbandry than you do medication, you will have far less problems. Yeah. 
That's and, what I recommend. Yeah. I don't recommend buying a bunch of nets. I recommend keeping her clean, getting good birds, and if you're gonna add birds to your flock, to your situation, you need to quarantine them for minimum two weeks. Pay attention to everything. And that goes back to you're talking about having two cages. That's another good reason right there. You know, let's say you got a couple birds and you go and get a couple more quarantine those birds in a separate cage separate water separate feed and the other thing like you kind of touched on was you can make a lot of this stuff uh sam smitty has a pretty cool youtube channel where he talks about yeah getting a whole saw cutting up cutting into like a milk jug and there's a water or there's a feeder where they can't poop in um yeah if you're just getting up and going with it man they got some pretty cool diy stuff too that's the best that's the best way to get your bird sick is contaminated water letting them eat off the ground in their in other birds feces and uh, um, overpopulation overcrowding because uh, birds have the tendency to shed disease through their sinuses they sneeze that stuff out and they crap it out okay well if they're overpopulated and they're overcrowded uh, they ain't got no way to get away from it and most of these diseases are spread through particulates or feces they don't wear masks yeah and i think it's like you know we talked about this in the loft design i think it's i think it's right isn't it? it's a square foot per bird is you know and i think that's maximum really i mean i would try to go at least twice that um and it doesn't take that much like you know you can, you can have a nice little you know like a, you can build these things out of scrap you know and still give the birds plenty of room but you know yeah well i have um I have a gentleman that uh, offered me a bit of advice on on um, his deal. He likes four square foot square. Yeah, excuse me, four square feet per bird, okay. fifteen birds in the hundred and fifty square foot lot. That's ten square foot per bird. Yeah. But um, I'm at about two square foot right now. One square foot will work. I mean, you can do it, but you got to keep it clean. Yeah, and it'd be more work too if you really, you know, like if I had my eight by eight loft with six, it was 64 birds. If I had 64 birds in there, man, I would be, I'd, I'd, I'd be busy cleaning that thing. Chaos. <laughs> it's chaos. You wouldn't have enough room. You wouldn't like it, I don't think. Right, yeah. Um, it would be. That'd be pushing it. That'd really be a push. Yeah. But now, like, mine technically is only a 32 square foot loft. Okay. My race loft. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a uh, four by eight, right? Yeah. The fly cage, which is only half open, um, that's another four by eight. But I have wire floors in it. So that effectively allows me a, you know, that that's a game changer, that wire floor, man. Yeah. You, you got ventilation, um, the poop dries out, far enough away, they can't eat in the poop, they can't pick corn out of the poop or any other stuff. And uh, that's, in my opinion, that's just great. Well, we're coming up against the clock here right now, but I do want to say thanks for um, thanks for commenting on our Facebook. And uh, anybody else ever has any questions or anything that you'd like to see us talk on, definitely yeah, hit up our Facebook page, All About Pigeons Podcast on Facebook. Well, Chris, and thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today and talking with us a little bit. And uh, we'll see you again later on. All right. Let's-